You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope you all are well. Before we get to it this week, I want to remind everyone that we have a newsletter that comes out each Thursday. I write it, and it often complements the information that you get on this show and covers other related topics. I only bring this up because it's come to my attention a few times recently that many of you don't know it exists or how to get it. So I thought I would just put it up front this week, right in the intro. You can sign up for that newsletter at feistymenopause.com. Just go to the page, scroll down past my face on the homepage, and you'll see a box where it says no BS information, just science-based facts. And you can sign up and get it in your inbox each and every week. And I appreciate it. All right. So this week, I have a really fun conversation with Dr. Alyssa Dweck, who has a super duper long list of credentials. She is a practicing gynecologist in New York, where she provides care to women of all ages and has a special interest and expertise in female sexual health and medical sex therapy. She's an adjunct assistant professor of obstetrics and gynecology at New York Medical College. She is the co-author of three books, including the newest release, The Complete A to Z for Your V. Uh, She's also the chief medical officer of Bonafide, which, as you all know, is a sponsor of our show and offers menopause products such as Reverie and Relizin. She's an avid runner, and she is also a consultant, key opinion leader, and medical advisor in the women's health device, pharmaceutical, product, and medical legal industry. And it's that last part that we really lean into in this conversation. Because menopause is getting a lot of well-deserved attention right now. And that means that companies are taking notice and are innovating and producing products for this phase of life. So I wanted to sit down with her and find out what she finds most exciting right now and where she thinks this is all going in the future. I really enjoyed this one and I hope you do too. All right. Before we get to it, I would love for you all to go over and give us a follow on Instagram and or Facebook. We are at Feisty Menopause there, and we post all kinds of information and entertainment every day. You can join our private Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group and be part of our conversations there. I have an email if you'd like to reach me. I'm at hitplaynotpause at livefeisty.com. We have that Hit Replay Podcast Guide subscription service. You can also find that at feistymenopause.com, where I write up each week's show Make it easy to digest, and you get that in your inbox every Wednesday. And as always, if you like the show, please share it with your friends and on your socials. The show is continuing to grow. I am very excited about the future, and I really appreciate the hearts, the stars, the great reviews, and the sharing. So thank you. Thank you all. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the show. I am very excited to speak with you, um, and I'm, I thank you for giving us your time. I have not spoken to anyone who is, um, you know, has such a background in women's health device and pharmaceutical product and medical legal space. So this is exciting for me. Thank you for being here. 
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'd actually like to kick off by asking you just that. What do you think are the most exciting advances in femtech right now? You know, there are so many, it's kind of tough to break that all down. But what I am finding is that women are now having the opportunity to learn so much literal analytic data about themselves on websites, on platforms, and whether they are focused on menstrual health, menopausal health, sexual health, weight and uh, you know nutritional health, these are now options where people can learn so much about themselves and really collect data. So I find that to be fascinating. And that is something that I think is really taking off and has a lot of room to, uh, to grow. Um, I noticed that you're adorning yourself with similar jewelry to me with this aura <laughs> ring here. And, and, and this is another type of femtech uh, area that's not necessarily just femtech, but it's tech for anybody. Um, but I'm finding it to be uh, extraordinarily helpful to gather data about my sleep or gather data that might help me to know whether I'm coming down with something. And I totally. took this um, example really when the pandemic took hold and the basketball NBA needed to have a way to monitor their players to see whether maybe there could be some sort of prediction for whether people were coming down with a fever. And that's the first place I ever heard about this aura ring. And that's been a game changer for me as a, uh, a practitioner, but also as a, a person who wants to learn about myself. So I think these are two areas of, of super human interest. Yeah, no, it, I, it has really, it has made me uh, take care of myself better. I mean, it definitely has this made me understand like the difference between one and two glasses of wine, you know, and like, like all those things, but it's definitely like I can, it, it's just kept me uh, more on track than I would be without it because we all like to see those good scores, right? Like I, you know, and it's just, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's just, it does help. Um, and yeah, there's so many apps. Do you, do you ever get concerned that, that women are getting a lot of data that they don't know what to do with? I think it can become overwhelming for people. You know, they always say it's better to have a couple of choices or a couple of things to look at and not a thousand because you really just don't know how to sift through the material. But what I do find is so helpful is that many of these platforms, so let's just take some of the menopause platforms, for example, which offer telehealth visits and offer medication and offer advice and offer education, which is probably the most important uh, feature. What I'm finding as a practitioner, because I'm a traditional OBGYN and I'm in practice, and that's what I do day to day most of the time, is that it, it augments what I can teach people and some of the advice that I can provide in office by allowing me to sift through reputable sites with reputable information and be able to point people in those types of directions. Because Listen, the internet's kind of the wild, wild west out there. And there's, you know, there's so much information and it's tough to know what's accurate, what's credible, what's real. So I find that these are adjunctive to my practice. And that's what I really like about them. As an individual, I think they're very helpful, especially if they've been, been vetted properly and are being run properly for people to learn about themselves, learn about their habits and learn how to uh, optimize their health and well-being. Do you have some uh, advice for women on how to know that they're on a reputable site, you know, are, are using some sort of reputable resource? 
Not really. Many, okay. many of my, um, you know, prime uh, sites are really things that I just vet myself or I know that the people who are running them or the medical advisory board behind them are reputable people who are either involved clinically, involved in research, or just, you know, who I know personally. So I'd say it's almost a referral uh, type of thing where I know these people or I've interviewed them or met them and, uh, you know, know that they come from uh, really amazing backgrounds. Are you comfortable sharing some of the names? Absolutely. So there are, you know, so... I'm backing up a teeny bit because in, in gynecology, or I should say in OBGYN, your practice kind of gets a little bit older with you. So my baby delivering days have been over for a couple of years now, and I see that my patients are becoming my age. So the perimenopausal population, the menopausal population, the postmenopausal population are people that I'm seeing day to day. So the sites that I find to be really helpful for those that patient population there's one called My Genev. Mm -hmm. uh, this is run by an incredible woman who I believe started out at Microsoft and now you know works in menopause. And I've I've spoken with her multiple times and interviewed her and been on her site. And I think that's very reputable. They do a a quiz that kind of for patients lets them know where they are uh, and puts them in touch with potential practitioners or. Um, you know, uh, medical uh, types of uh, educational materials that could be helpful. There's another one that I use all the time because I have a special expertise in feminine uh, female sexual health. And there's a website called Rosie, which has helped my practice incredibly because when someone comes in for, let's just say a sexual health consult, you know, that's let me get a drink of water because I'm going to be in there for a while because it's a complicated issue, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a website that was initiated and started and backed by a, you know, a reputable OBGYN who's board certified. And she found that there was a unmet need in this field, started a website to help women understand libido and understand orgasm and give them, uh, you know, resources to uh, pursue looking at uh, erotica without feeling like they were doing something dirty, if you will. Um, right. And and also has uh, providers on the site to that they can get coached by and get education from. So that's another one that I think has been a game changer for my practice because I don't often have an hour to talk to somebody about everything I want to talk to them about. So I really rely on other experts to help with that as adjunctive to my practice. Yeah, I love that. I love I love that so much because sometimes I feel um, some people can feel a little bit threatened by a Gen Ev who we have recommended many times on the show. I've interviewed some of their doctors too, and they're they're quite wonderful. Um, but it is this, it is a complimentary piece for sure. It's, it is adjunctive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Absolutely. Well, these days, especially, you know, we've seen uh, lots of retirements in our practices and just people who are exhausted because of the pandemic and all of the overload with work. But what I have found is that these sites have been super helpful to uh, maximize efficiency of my time and then allow people to come back with questions or to, you know, uh, be complimentary if they started out on a website and they want to confirm what they are seeing on, on those uh, visits. Yeah, that's excellent. So speaking of, of devices, you know, going back to some of the femtech, I, I did test out one of the Ember Lab devices, the, you know, the, yeah, um, yeah, the, I can't the remember what it's called, the Wave, the Ember Wave 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it, it was 
fascinating. I have to say it was pretty fascinating because it's this device you put on the inside of your wrist, you know, that you can either like make it cool or make it warm or make it oscillate between the two to sort of put you to sleep kind of thing. And, um, you know, I felt it was really interesting that I, I was wearing it when I was doing some heavy lifting sessions. And sometimes I feel like that triggers some, especially if it's warm in the room, I get a little bit of a, a warm wave coming up and I put that on and I felt could just be psychosomatic. I don't know, but I actually felt like it helped me, you know, in the gym. And I'm wondering if you have thoughts on that and have thoughts if they're like what the, where the future is going with this, you, you know, you hear about like all this kind of pajamas you can wear and this kind of stuff. So I'm just like to explore yeah. that a bit. Look, I think that the more tools we have in the tool chest for hot flashes, night sweats, or menopausal symptoms in general, the better. You know, there, of course, is always hormone therapy, and we know that that's, that works, and it works well, but it comes with baggage, and you've got your population of people who really just aren't interested in pursuing that route. You've got other pharmacologics, you've got nutritional supplements, you've got lifestyle management, which I would like to say is the first and most important step, of course, in managing these symptoms. But I think devices have an absolute role, um, you know. Of course, many of us are wearing other devices. So I'm wondering how long our arms are to uh, manage rings and bracelets of sorts. But look, I, I remember speaking with the, uh, I think it was the CEO of the Ember uh, Wave device. And, you know, uh, anything that comes out of MIT is impressive to me. Uh, this is that standard, um, you know, invention that kind of, it was an incidental finding of how well it worked for this, uh, you know, cause, and it wasn't necessarily devised for that. Uh, but I can see no harm in using it. And I have heard of very good success stories with it. So go for it. And I think, again, this could be adjunctive to other treatments. So let's say you're taking a pharmacologic for hot flashes, and you're getting relief, but you're not getting 100% relief. Perhaps this could be adjunctive, especially at times when uh, triggers are introduced, like caffeine or having that glass of wine or hitting the hot, sweaty gym. And, you know, you've just a little bit an extra boost. Well, and I also found it useful because now that you mentioned, I remember reading it was like MIT engineer nerds who who invented it to be like have a personal um, thermostat on the wrist because they couldn't control the lab temperatures. And my office here I am in is the hottest and coldest room in the house, depending on the season. And it's not good. You know, it's never the way I want it to be. And I found that warming was really nice in the wintertime. Actually, it was, you know, that little spot on your wrist does make you feel warm. So well, was, the, other, yeah. the other nice thing is, you know, so many people have interrupted sleep as a result of menopausal symptoms. And we all know that when sleep is interrupted, we can really go through mental fog and brain fog and really just not be sharp and efficient, which none of us are interested in, of course. Uh, so something that works through the nighttime uh, could be quite helpful. Yeah, for sure. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. 
and they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like Feisty Menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Previnex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. 
It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the otter is stuffed with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter has taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. So our audience, speaking of other devices, our audience does a lot of plyometrics. They do heavy lifting. Running, you know, stress incontinence definitely comes up quite a bit. And we've had numerous shows, shows on that with working with pelvic floor therapists, you know, and all the things, all those things that you really should pursue too. Um, but I'm also curious, I know you did a podcast yourself with um, Elotone. Am I saying that right? What is the device that uh, helps with in stress incontinence? You know, there are many devices that help with stress incontinence. Um, I think the one that I'm hoping you're thinking about is the Kegel Smart Trainer okay. um, from Intamina. So this is actually looks like a little egg. It's coated in medical grade silicone. It's inserted in the vagina, but it has a retrieval string. Uh, it, it essentially uh, reminds you to do Kegel exercises and then learns through artificial intelligence, I suppose. It learns whether you're making progress or not and advances your stage of Kegel exercise training based on that. And it just takes a couple of minutes each day. So that is one device that I'm well aware of that's been well received and it's easy to use. There are several other devices. Some work uh, by, a, by almost exercising the muscles in the mm. pelvic floor. And I think that's what you're speaking of, Elatone. I may be thinking of it under another name. Okay. Um, is I, yeah, I don't want to speak out of out of turn because I'm not 100% sure of the name of this device, but um, most of them work by exercising the muscles while you're relaxing um, in an effort to strengthen the pelvic floor. And look for for uh, just in a, in a general fashion, and I'm sure your audience has heard this already, but there are so many risks for pelvic floor weakness. There's genetic risk, so you know, blame your mother a little bit. There's also, uh, you know, childbirth or instrumented deliveries. So those things can definitely increase risk. Age alone is a risk. And then, of course, weight management is always associated with, um, with pelvic floor weakness. So, you know, people are looking for things that they can do on their own time in order to strengthen the pelvic floor muscles. And I think the pelvic floor PTs are unbelievable in what they can do for people in practice. But to be realistic, Many people don't have that covered by their insurance plans. And more than that, because it's worth its weight in gold, but more than that, people don't necessarily have the time to commit to going to an office and getting this exercise done on multiple occasions. So it's good to have some of these devices that can be used on your own. Yeah, I've also heard from many women who don't have access. I mean, they just, yeah. they live in a place where 
you know, it could be a four hour drive, like literally, you know, a, a very, a very long time. So I will yeah. say there is, uh, again, going back to what's online and apps that are reputable, there is a uh, company that I'm familiar with um, called Onut. And they have a separate arm, I believe, of their company that is a pelvic floor gym online. So again, for remote access and people who are motivated enough, this could be a good option for pelvic floor strength training uh, in, in that type of a situation. So there's so many options. That's so interesting. I'll look up some of these and put them in the show notes for reference, because I think that's actually really interesting. So I also know you are the founding chief medical officer of Bonafide, which is one of our sponsors. And um, I, I really enjoy their products. I, um, as I've mentioned many times on the show, I do use a vaginal estrogen ring, but as somebody who rides a bike for sometimes 10 hours at a time, depending what's happening, like I need a little extra help here and there. So I like Reverie has been a wonderful product for me. You know, I'm, I'm wondering um, what drew you to them in particular? Yeah. And thank you for asking and, and uh, mentioning that title. Uh, you know, before I went to medical school, I did a master's degree in human nutrition. I have just always been drawn to nutrition. I, I won't go through my own nutritional habits because they're not all so great. Uh, but I do feel that, uh, you know, everything kind of starts there. So I've always had an interest in that. In general, medical school does not focus on nutrition at all. So I felt like I really kind of had a one up when I entered school and now even in practice, just having a nice solid background. And I'm not a nutritionist and I don't practice nutrition, but I have a, a strong interest. Through the years, uh, I got to know about the bona fide products. They happen to be somewhat local in my community. And, uh, you know, did some consulting for them, realized how much I really enjoyed um, their mission, which is science-driven nutritional products for the menopausal population. And, you know, I want to be true to both of, to, to my field. And in medicine, it's all about evidence-based uh, research. So uh, I feel like I could stand behind um, the products that were already developed and really help with uh, newer things coming down the pipeline. And frankly, my patients absolutely love the nutritional angle for managing uh, menopausal symptoms. And, you know, like I mentioned before, you've got your hormone camp and hormones are great for the right people. And you've got your, I'm never taking or thinking about hormone uh, population. And this is a wonderful tool for, uh, for that uh, population or for women who can't take hormones. Right. Right. And this might be outside of, of your lane and, and that's fine, but I, I have to ask because it comes up and it's quite distressing for the women who it does come up for. Have yeah. you found anything in the, um, hair loss, uh, products that, that can help? Uh, so just to be clear, Bonafide does have a brand new hair loss and skin. Sylvessa. Uh, right. So Sylvessa is a system. It's a system that contains a hair serum. It also contains a face a skin serum and an oral supplement, all of which are designed to uh, kind of combat the changes that occur due to loss of collagen because of loss of estrogen. And so it really is geared towards the menopausal women. There are other products out there that are great. I just know that the uh, Sylvester products have been studied and I'm familiar with them. So that's uh, on top of my mind. Um, but I will say there are a couple of things that people don't think about that really could help. So number one, 
tight, tight ponytails, especially for this huge athletic community. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want hair in my face when I'm running or sweating my guts out. So when you pull back your hair in a super tight ponytail, you may, and you do that chronically, you may notice that there's going to be some hair loss or some thinning of the part where, uh, where that uh, tight ponytail lies. Number two, sun exposure, of course. Now, uh, you know, um, sunscreen is great, but really limiting sun exposure is key. And hydration, because after all, we all know what it looks like at the end of a run or the end of a really long uh, ride in, in many cases, and your skin becomes a little bit more sallow and looser and uh, less elastic due to dehydration. You also mentioned in an interview, and I believe it was on Bonafide site, that you were working yourself on a patented product for menopausal symptoms. And I was wondering if that was something that you could speak to. Yes, I will or speak. I will speak sort of cryptically about it. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have uh, two other lovely uh, doctor partners that I have worked with over the years on a cooling product for menopause that works through a hydrogel. So it's a hydrogel that is placed on the skin and we specifically patented it to be worn in the panty uh, or directly on the skin in the intimate area if you're not wearing a panty. And the way that it works is through evaporation. And hydrogels have been around for a long time. We just happened to patent it for this purpose in this particular form. So uh, we are hoping that it will hit the market in the next month or so. Wow. Yeah, I will stay tuned for that. Please keep me abreast of that. That sounds you bet. And thanks for asking. It's a, it's a, I, I don't want to call it a side hustle because it takes a lot of my, uh, <laughs> my, my time and brain energy, but it's been a lot of fun to just watch this thing come to life. How long have you been working on it? A couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's very, very cool. Thank you. So let's, let's talk a little bit about the future of, of menopause it, itself, if you were like, you know, I, when I started this, I started reading about these companies and, you know, like be, sell them. I don't even know how to pronounce their names, but they're working on like literally putting the brakes on ovarian aging and trying to expand women's fertility windows by like 10 or 15 years, like pushing back menopause, um, for, for a decade or more. And I'm, you know, I'm wondering like what your thoughts on that are, like what your thoughts on the future of, because obviously there are a lot of companies sort of digging into this. There are companies that are doing it. So women have a bigger fertility window. Absolutely. Well, I have a couple of thoughts on this. Number one, wow, have we come a long way already because I'm in practice almost 30 years. And, you know, IVF and test tube baby, that was literally a thought when I was in training. Number two, so, so that is, is huge. Number two, right now, very much on the forefront of women's minds and women who are investigating this, because let's just say they have professional goals or they don't have the right partner that they want to pursue a family with just yet. Women are pursuing cryopreservation or freezing of their eggs. This has become a successful and very viable option that is often covered in the workspace or covered by insurance, or if not uh, acceptable to women to lay out their own funds for because it's so important. So this is something that I never thought I would see in my professional lifetime, where it's not a matter of freezing embryos but you can freeze eggs and you can freeze them at the age that they are when they're frozen. So if a 25 year old or a 28 year old may have the foresight to say, I've got a lot going on and I can't get pregnant for quite some time, or 
I have a medical illness and it may make me infertile. Okay. Or I um, am uh, for whatever reason, they know somebody who might've suffered with some sort of uh, premature ovarian insufficiency. They can go now and see a, a reproductive endocrinologist and successfully freeze their eggs for future use. And what this means is that it doesn't have to be with specific sperm right now. It can be held on ice just as an egg and then mixed with whatever sperm is necessary for future. This is unbelievable in my eyes. So I did read about the companies that you, that you mentioned, I think it's called Cellmatics, uh, where they are essentially considering or preclinically looking at um, preserving ovarian tissue. So that yeah, so I was just going to ask about re, that. Yeah, re-implanted in the future. And this is a, an incredibly cool idea. But if, if the purpose is to maintain estrogen production, yes, then that's in, really interesting because freezing eggs is only preserving fertility. It's not preserving uh estrogen production spontaneously. So if that comes to fruition, I, I hope it's in my uh, career lifetime, but uh, um, I don't know too much about it other than that. Yeah. So, I mean, would the idea be putting your younger ovarian tissue back into yourself decades down the line? So it performs the same way. Is that, do you think the concept there? My understanding, and again, I probably know uh, less than you do is that it's the thought of preserving functional ovarian tissue cryogenically so that at some point in future, it could be re-implanted to function again, like a younger ovary. Fascinating. Isn't that it is, though? Yeah, that is, that is all, that is all very fascinating. Yeah. We, yeah, we, I had on actually a friend of mine, when you mentioned she has been on the show, um, we're the same age and she had a baby at 52 through some mm -hmm. of these uh, procedures you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think it's uh, an amazing option to have, uh, keep in mind, it's not as straightforward for a 52 year old to have a baby or twins, which is often the case as a 20 or 30 something year old. So it's definitely something that requires a lot of forethought and, uh, you know, optimizing of health so that somebody can carry at that later age, but yes, it's happening. Where do you think we're going with menopausal hormone therapy right now? Like it's been almost whiplash inducing the yes. past couple of years, right? Like we went from the women's health initiative that held that fortress for a long time. And now all of a sudden it's like, it should be in the water. Every woman should have hormones. And I'm like, wait, wait, that's time. Can we like have well, look, a balanced discussion? Uh <laughs> You know, the pendulum is swinging now for the third time in my career. So uh, I, I'm getting a little whiplash. But once again, what I see realistically in clinical practice, at least in my neck of the woods, and for fairness, I practice in a, a highly insured, very, uh, you know, uh, health conscious area of New York. And so I, I'm sure my population of patients is not the same throughout the entire U.S., or anywhere else for that matter. But look, I think there's always gonna be the hormone camp and the not hormone camp. And no matter what goes on on a uh, social level in terms of what people's feelings are about hormones, there are always going to be women who cannot take hormones. And we really need to think about that. Women who have had breast cancer, women who have had uterus cancer, women who are predisposed genetically to have a blood clot, women who have a migraine headache syndrome with an aura, 
these are women who really would be putting themselves in potential harm's way by taking any sort of hormone therapy systemically. So we need to have other options. Putting that population aside, I think that, you know, there's definitely a place for hormone therapy. Women absolutely feel better uh, when they're suffering greatly with menopausal symptoms. My patients who are on hormone therapy, hormone therapy happily, I cannot usually get them to come off, even though I see them every six months and we have the same conversation about risk going up and potentially, uh, you know, more risk with future age. And uh, women are willing to uh, sort of accept that because they feel so good. So I think that it's really a mixed bag and it has to be taken on an individual basis. I will say that it's kind of unfair that the reinterpretation of the WHI information did not get very much attention compared to the initial WHI information. But keep in mind, the women studied in that, in that study, the arm that was taking estrogen and progesterone only took one variety, not the bioidentical type of variety. In the original study. In the yeah, original right. study mm-hmm. of, of combination therapy. Number two, the women enrolled in the study were older than your standard uh, population of people who are typically pursuing treatment for vasomotor symptoms. So you know, I think the mean age was 60. And these are people in my practice who are kind of dumb with it all. They would never be initiating hormone therapy at this time. So I just think that everything has to be taken in context. Speaking of bioidenticals, where do you think the future is going with those? Because they kind of got a bad rap and there's still people who are like, "Mm," you know, because of the compounding pharmacies and the FDA, you know, maybe not, you know, being involved in all of them. So like, that that tide looks like it's turning a little bit too and, and more in, in favor of some of these, especially when you talk about progestin versus progesterone. Like, what do you think is, is evolving there? Well, let me please distinguish and um, clarify what I was talking about with bioidenticals. So please. bioidentical hormone therapy simply means that chemical structures are identical to what the body made spontaneously on its own. Compounded therapy is usually bioidentical but bioidentical can also be made in pharmaceutical companies. And this is what I am speaking of. So when I I will prescribe both, depending on what my patient's uh, individual needs and desires are. But when I speak about bioidenticals in a, uh, you know, in in the usual OBGYN acceptable verbiage, I'm talking about the pharmaceutical grades, the ones that I know have been studied, the ones that have FDA approval, the ones that are made in factories where we can ensure that they're being compliant with rules, that all dosing is actually what it's what it says it is, uh, and that type of thing. So the reliability of bioidentical hormones that are made in a regular pharmaceutical company are my preference. And that's what would be my first choice when it comes to prescription if, uh, if somebody's interested in hormone therapy. And why would that be? Well, The whole bioidentical concept makes sense to me. And this is based on my experience and my typical prescribing regimens over the years. Again, not giving any other uh, brands or anything a bad name. This is what I'm familiar with and I've had really good experience with it. In regard to compounded uh, formulations, I'm not opposed to them, but you know, my organizations that set rules and guidelines and standards for me as a practitioner Uh, suggest that compounding pharmacies may not all be equal. And therefore, that needs to be taken into account. And if I'm prescribing a particular dose 
or com uh, formulation for someone, I want to know that what I'm prescribing is actually what's being delivered. So I think we have to pick and choose wisely. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Do you also feel that, um, I'm curious if, if you have thoughts on the, the micronized progesterone versus the, the synth synthetic progestins. Much prefer the micronized if people can take it. So mm. there's the micronized progesterone called uh, progesterone called um, Prometrium. That's a brand name, but we of course can prescribe it generically. And the beauty of this is that it can be taken and cause drowsiness at night. So we always prescribe that portion of the combination at night so that it may help with uh, some of the sleep troubles that are occurring for menopausal women. So that's a nice thing about it. Uh, number two, um, uh, you know, the limitation is that for some people, if they're allergic to peanuts and the formulation is comes from something that might uh, be peanut related, they can't take this. So there is one particular brand, again, a pharmaceutical bioidentical brand, uh, the, the brand name, and I'm not touting any uh, brand, but it's called Bijuva, um, contains a different micronized progesterone that doesn't, it wasn't made with, with any peanut allergens. So therefore, uh, that could be tolerated in somebody who wants to take bioidentical pharma pharmacologic uh, systemic therapy. Excellent. So I know that you are a runner yourself. Um, I and try. <laughs> What, I mean, what is, do you run date? Like what is your running background? Like what's your history as a runner? Yeah. So in my younger years, um, I, I did do a bunch of sprint triathlons, which oh, I nice. really enjoyed. Um, but running was, is, is for me really more about my mental fortitude than anything else. And I'm sure you can all relate to that, you and your audience. Um, but when I don't run, let's just say my nurse will tell me to go out and take a walk around the building because I'm just not, you know, I'm just not as uh, uh, sane, I guess, is yeah. the way she would put it. Um, running for me, I've been an athlete my whole life. I played sports. I played sports in college. And right now running is just uh, the thing that I always turn to, because all I need is a good pair of sneakers and, uh, you know, and, and a prayer that my earbuds will be working. Um, but, uh, it just does, it does the trick. It gets my endorphins flowing. It, it maintains my weight and, uh, it's easy and I can kind of do it anywhere. Have you had to make any adjustments to your training? training? Absolutely. And I'm really okay. glad you asked that because, you know, I'm not going to divulge my age, but it's up there. And, uh, what I see is so many women, my age, have overdone it. And I don't mean because of a one-time weekend warrior experience, but they just overdo it when it comes to running. They all have knee injuries and then they all have to stop and resort to something that they don't enjoy as much. So I have decided, I guess, probably in the last two years to just take it down a notch, but do it for a little bit longer. And this way, I feel like I'm not going to hurt myself, uh, but I do have to be careful. Um, a little tidbit, I'm sure people can relate to this. Um, I hate the cold weather. So when it gets cold here, I often find myself south in Florida. And um, the uh, excitement of being able to run outside and get off a treadmill at that time is so huge for me that I do get hurt on my first run out every time I go down because I'm not paying attention to maybe like a rock in the road or a crack or uh, something along that line. And, uh, and I have hurt myself that way. So that's my, my biggest thing is not to get hurt. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it is easy when you get to another place to just go out and um, do something novel that you haven't been doing because 
because you can. Is there anything that we haven't talked about for this audience um, in the ways of any advancements, femtech, anything, anything that you're excited about that we have not yet covered? You know, I think the one thing we didn't cover that I want to uh, give some hope and optimism to, because I tend to focus in my practice and personally on the uh, positivity of menopause, because I think there's a lot of positives, mm-hmm. is uh, some of the, the bleeding issues that come about for women, especially in sports. And uh, I find some women come in and they want to obliterate their periods one way or another, whether it's hormonally or with some sort of surgical procedure or something even a little more drastic. Uh, in an effort to not have to worry about it so they can carry on with their sports, including professional athletes that I see. Um, But there are ways to manage your menstrual flow, even during the perimenopausal time um, that you don't have to get too drastic about uh, that are easier. So menstrual cups have made kind of a big splash these days. Okay. Because they collect, they don't absorb. And uh, they're usually made of medical grade silicone, like the Intamina brand we talked about. But this way, they can be used for a longer period of time. And because they work like with a suction seal, there's less chance of leakage. And nobody wants to be leaking while doing sports. Uh, Number two um, would just be uh, um, uh, menstrual discs, which have also been helpful for women in the perimenopausal time. Uh, just because um, you can have sex with them in and people have found this helpful. So I just thought I would make the, they're not contraception by the way, but they are good for, for, uh, for uh, uh, use during sports or during sex. So I thought those were two things that uh, we didn't mention as great achievements, but my main mission is just to keep it positive because there's a lot of good that comes out of this time. No, I 100% agree. I think it can be a really empowering time. And I'm a plus one. I don't need the menstrual cup anymore. But boy, it got me once I discovered it. I was like, where has this been my whole life? Yeah, I I agree. There's a bit of a learning curve, especially if you've been a a tampon or pad person for a long time. But boy, it can really make an athlete's uh, day a little easier. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you again for your time and your wisdom. And I'm going to keep an eye out for the cooling hydrogel product that you have. I shall pass the information along when the time comes. Thank you so much. All right, that's our show. You are most definitely going to want to come back next week when I sit down with Dr. Martha Gulati, president of the American Society for Preventive Cardiology and the author of the bestseller, Saving Women's Hearts, among many, many, many other accolades. Her practice is exclusively women, including many active women, and she is a runner herself. I cannot tell you how far and wide I have been searching for almost two years for an expert to speak specifically to active menopausal women's cardiovascular health, and she did not disappoint. So come on back for that one. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause, and please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends 
And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.